0: Well, after *Knives Out*, I think I really want to see a James Bond from Savannah, Georgia. <laughs> I'm Bond, <laughs> James. James Bond. You have quite the accent, Luke, with uh, Savannah, don't you? Hey, what was that Savannah thing? That, that is my finest Savannah accent. <laughs> the way you have to do it is kind of let it, let the words roll off the tip of your tongue like molasses falling out your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> for think, those of you who aren't
1: in on the joke uh, Daniel Craig is starring in this film he, he was the star right
0: like headliner I think so yeah, yeah. I he's mean
2: the, he's the detective yeah. from although it's fu- actually it was funny I was trying to see if he in the description I always think it's funny movie descriptions because the order in which they announce the people yeah I always think is actually a, probably a result of contract negotiations. Oh, it definitely. You know, yeah. That's definitely. you know it something is, yeah. people don't think about but it's yeah. like negotiated by the agents. Definitely. And I think he was listed but then it was like and featuring Chris Evans. You
0: know. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, cuz he's I mean he's even obviously though big he, from Marvel. Well,
0: but, and even though he uh, he well, about to spoil it. Even though he is the murderer, mm-hmm. he was in it probably the least of anyone. Yeah, he
2: had a smaller part because but... he's
0: only really in that last half or maybe even third of the movie. Yeah, um, yeah, because he's kind of the outcast of the entire. He kind of looks like now. he does,
2: when he does the uh, like "Goes Young Again" Captain yeah. America in the fifties, he actually kind of looked the same <laughs> I <know>. way. <laughs> I know. I told Ben on the like, way. Did he get like, the same
0: stylist for the? Chris Evans as soon as uh, as soon as Avengers Endgame wrapped, he was like. I want to play a murderer ASAP. <laughs> I need to play something other than the perfect yeah, superhero. Yeah. Like, oh man!
1: The moral of the story, the podcast where
2: a writer, a philosopher, and a filmmaker explore the stories that make us and the morality that makes the story.
1: Well, for those of you who uh, need cluing in, we are talking about Knives Out. Uh, the Ryan Johnson directed film that was released late last year and was, I think, a pretty big success. I think in, it did pretty well, yeah. Box mm-hmm. office. They're talking mm-hmm. about a sequel. I've yeah, heard already. Oh yeah. But um, knives the, in knives. In. I don't. The know whole how you Agatha. Do Christ- more knives. Uh, I'm not sure. I think
2: it's it. interesting how Ryan, Ryan, <laughs> or my good friend Ryan, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> how he, um, you know, he RJ as they say on the forums, RJ, yeah, okay, that he writes these original stories. As a throwback to a genre, kind of as a genre piece, yeah. Um, kind of in the midst of a boom of derivative material mm-hmm. in the same genre, because you have right now. I know that um, uh, the, the Hercule Poirot, yeah, stuff, the Agatha, Agatha, Agatha Christie, uh, stories have are seeing a resurgence with Kenneth Branagh's Branagh's Brana, uh, yeah. version of. Orion, oh, Murder on the Orient Express, yeah. and he's doing a sequel to that. Is he? It's under production right now. Cool. And um, anyway, that's just like having a kind of reflowering. Yeah. So Ryan Johnson comes in and says, "Well, I'm going to do my own Agatha Christie, right. and it has all the elements of right. that early 20th century." Yeah. G.K. Chesterton actually wrote one about like
0: an American millionaire and it just started you know, it's about you know some... I, I don't know how you do sequels to murder mysteries <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone else was murdered <laughs>
1: I'm sure it's well, just I, well, the well that's blanc. like the
0: thing with murder she wrote you know and they actually yeah, do a little ode guess, to her yeah. in
1: the middle of this movie where they, they show the the Hispanic mother uh, watching mm-hmm. murder she wrote but you think you know what did Angela Lansbury go through psychologically that all of her friends are killing people or dying right, <laughs> like every right. episode she went to visit right. another friend
2: no that was a, the the joke I love about Murder She Wrote is that she's the murderer <laughs> <laughs> it... <laughs> yeah
0: well we had two um, kind of interesting points brought up by both Alex and Ben so I'll let Alex go first because Ben's was uh, a little bit a little bit diceier. A little bit dicier, little bit dicier. So <laughs> to use a knife. <laughs> knife. Are we well, going
2: to do knife puns? <laughs> would,
0: to get straight to the point, Alex.
2: Well, it runs the edge. Of, you, know, <laughs> you have to cut through the fluff. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, and when we try to sharpen the story. <laughs> uh, um, no, <laughs> but, um, no, seriously. Well, I, it's interesting to me because Ryan Johnson is a smart writer. Yeah. He doesn't write dumb things, you know. He's he's a literary writer in that way. I think for his films, and he's very strategic about how he structures them, and um, the writing and the directing is very unified, which is really you don't. I'm not aware of that in a lot of films. Oh yeah, I think a lot of filmmakers. It's uniquely
1: they make movies now for one viewing. Yeah, and Ryan Johnson is making it for the second and third viewing. Mm -hmm. Yeah
0: a lot of times and so to me and it was actually my second time watching it in prep for this mm-hmm. and i i got a lot more nuance and and mm-hmm. even liked it even more the second time so yeah that's yeah
2: yeah and the way he uses symmetry and mm-hmm. repetition and the story and yeah. a mixed perspective yeah. all those things are just great great tools um but you know the central heart i guess in a in a narrative literary sense is the question uh for those of you who haven't seen it yet or or We're going to spoil it for you. So as we say, pause and go watch it and you can come back. Although we have to warn, there is some language in the film. So um, you have to be sensitive to that. Um, The basic core of the, I guess, the belief of the story, the philosophy in it, is the message that if you, even if you think you accidentally killed somebody and that you're guilty of that, although even if she had, he still cut his own throat.
0: Yeah, which 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 which, sequels which was which was my uh, moral. Okay, that's your moral yeah. conundrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and, then we'll come back to keep that. Going, keep going. So movies. even then, I thought yeah. she
2: would still be actually innocent of actually causing the death. But which is the big reveal of the movie? But right, way. that yeah. is the big reveal. Yeah. So burp, burp, I just spoiled <laughs> it. Um, but I warned you. Um, so, uh, but in spite of that, we learned that she actually did not give him the wrong dose of the medicine due to other factors and. So, she never actually was responsible, but because he had this penchant, he lived in a house, like, from one of his murder mystery novels, and he had a penchant for creating these scenarios that Mm -hmm. he then created, made it something that it didn't have to be. Because
0: in the story, he was a mystery writer. Right. Yeah. He's
2: a huge, you know, he's like... um, Who's that James Patterson? He yeah. was like James Patterson yeah. on you know. I've never read one of his books, yeah. but <laughs> but it sounded like eighty books. He must be the James Patterson. Um, but the but at the end, uh, Blanc, the detective, comes up and says, "You won the game not by playing it Harlan's way, the mystery writer's way, but by playing it your way because you have a kind heart and you you're, you're if you at your root want to do good even though you bumble through it as a naive um, innocent." person, like in a prototypical sense and innocent, right. and she had really no idea what she was doing, she bumblingly is exonerated because she's just good hearted and yeah. wants to do well for people. Right. And so my question is, as a philosophical point, is that actually true? Right. Does the world or and he kind of is viewing it almost like karma or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Does the world, does the universe, come around to benefit The innocent, you know, unsavvy, not very wise, good-hearted person, or do those people actually just get run over? And I mean,
1: well, well, it's (laughs) hard. (laughs) Very (laughs) like pessimistic,
0: but no. (laughs) Well, it it reminds (laughs) me. Oh, really? You would you would be a pessimist in that question? I mean, probably. You know, Mm -hmm. how many times do we see? it not playing out for the good guy in real life yeah you know? not
1: always but well and to me i think it means it, it it depends on what you mean by playing out for them yeah like in a good sense because if you mean it in a strictly outcome based sense of do you get wealthy and look down at your enemies while you're holding a coffee cup like she right. does at the right. end right. of the movie <laughs> if you mean my that house, kind of an outcome <laughs> <laughs> then you know you're uh Probably not. But if you mean, uh, does a kind-hearted person have the spiritual core to basically weather any outcome? Well, yeah. Then, it, you, then in I that sense, more from, I, I guess, right, materialistic right, like a viewpoint. Materialistic right. viewpoint. Because I think that there has to be a shift in your thinking a little bit because bad actions don't lead to good materialistic outcomes either. Most of the time, it's like there's there's actually no way of being
2: quote unquote that escapes. Well, I guess the the difficulties. There were two good people Mm -hmm. in the film, only two. Yeah, that are actual. I mean, her her mother. uh, They're that are not real characters. They're just sort of there. It was Benoit Blanc and Marta. 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 They were the only two good, and the detectives were just sort of the the foils, you know. But they were good people. Nobody else was good. Right. The family was. Even oh, right. the victim, the yeah. the Harlan, he was not good either. Although he was kind of he a, was a converted, converted, converted bad guy, yeah. so yeah, to speak. Yeah. So that that to me, the, the the juxtaposition of Benoit Blanc as a good person and Marta as a good person. Because Benoit Blanc was eminently wise, yeah. very perceptive, you know, classic, you know. And I loved the little Sherlock Holmes like nod at the end you know yeah oh, oh. I, I, well, when did you this know is i a, had something with is it the very a, first moment well, I was set little, eyes on. a little <laughs> and ben and i were talking about this a brilliant way
0: that uh ryan johnson kind of subverted mm-hmm. the traditional sherlock holmes style murder mystery where he's just all on top of it the way he approached this film is is really the detective was the one at least you think the most mm-hmm. of the story the detective is the one that's behind Right, right. Um, but at well, the he, end, he reveals yeah. he's like, "I actually knew all along. I'm not a world famous detective for no reason." Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I loved how they kind of he kind of put him in the back seat a little bit mm-hmm. to the story. Yeah, when really he was right there with you, but you didn't really realize it until the end. This is a little aside. One
2: line I loved in the the writing: the character of the the daughter in law who uh-huh. had stuck around versus the oldest daughter oh, yeah. who was like, <laughs> you know. Made my business with a million dollar loan from her daddy. Which actually, that was kind of a jive at Trump, actually. Oh, the, the whole, whole movie whole thing. A I was like oh, self-made tra- you know, era, uh, era uh, a made man yeah. Lot. Well, commentary. like the whole political conversation that happened, yeah. that was all. Yeah. Which actually was funny because they yeah. are exactly... What everybody says, he's talking I mean, about. Yeah. He is lifted. He is that lifted. That was like that was to me the stock. saving grace
1: of the movie because the movie w- we are analyzing it from a murder mystery perspective. You mm-hmm. could actually watch this movie and analyze it totally as a political statement you because yeah, because yeah, yeah. it was a very political movie. Oh, well, right? it was. Yeah, in terms of illegal immigration. Well, and even the whole motive Trump-y for Marta stuff. not wanting
0: to be found responsible is that it really had nothing to do with her. It was about her mother who was. And They're illegal, illegal. illegal it, yeah. Right. yeah. So that was, even the the very motivation of the, what happened throughout the entire movie but I have was to say politically, that, like, yeah. quote unquote. The, 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 the one thing of, liked I liked though the, was, okay, was that Aaron,
1: like Aaron Sorkin is another example of this. When a writer, a good writer writes, even with a, a bias, yeah. they tend to write true to voices. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. know how to write true to voices. Yeah. And that was the thing that saved it for me was yeah. that um, even though I'm not like a, a hardline immigration hawk politically um the outcome of seeing all of that
2: wrangling written so well yeah was just incredibly entertaining it was yeah it was it was and it was funny to me because he had both kind of, i think he was portraying both i guess what i'd call like the you know maybe fox news sean handity you know kind of I, yeah you know Perspective that, and then the other people because like you're just a Nazi and all this yeah. other stuff. But then those people spewing like exactly what CNN or MSNBC exactly. might say. No, he was playing both were, sides very well. So they were yeah. like really mimicking what like news outlets project, right? And the and, and in a way, it's the film actually portrays something that I thought was is really true. When you ask that question, that well, yeah, you have to have a policy answer for those issues that has to respect law and all of those things. But on a personal level, if I'm Harlan and I have, you know, this friend and I know her mother's in this situation, like, well, there's no way I'm going to try to get them deported. Right. Yeah, or, exactly. you know, on you a personal, a human it's kind of well. like the question of like, you know, the Nazi soldier in World War II, yeah. you know, if he comes to your back door in right. Britain and he's hurt, like, well... Do you just kill him in cold blood, right, or do exactly. you try yeah. to help him? You know,
1: I just want to give a nod to Ryan Johnson's amazing turns of phrase that he yes. put into Daniel Craig's mouth because yeah. <laughs> there were just some hilarious. Like there was one line, I'm, and I'm trying to remember. Maybe Luke or Alex, you can remember what it was. But he says something, and the detective goes, "What?" <laughs> and it's like, um, oh. it, it's it's when he's making the donut whole yeah. comment which is just yeah. hilarious <laughs> but he's talking about like the it's kind of an obama type thing like the arc of the universe spins toward justice but it was like uh yeah the mystery
2: Wait. um inside a conundrum or no or the the ra- gra- i mean the gravity of the rainbow yeah, no, yeah, the like, Gravity of the Rainbow was like, What does that mean? It's no. like nobody knows it's oh, the, I know it's what it the was. title when of a says, book. Yeah. It when says, it... Oh, I haven't read that one. It says neither have I. <laughs> nobody has.
1: <laughs> no, it's the clarity line. It's when he says when there when you finally have clarity and yet it's as mysterious as before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was
0: like it, it
1: totally cancelled it somehow. Anyway, yeah,
0: yeah. you have to watch the film to, yeah, to fully yeah, appreciate that, it. That, but it was hilarious. you could tell he was having a lot of fun. Well that is my favorite Daniel Craig role I've Ever seen him? In, yeah, yeah. He was, and oh, the writing for him was just, yeah. And
2: the, uh, back to what I was saying about the two characters, this is a daughter in law and the sister. The thing I loved was she, the two, like the two perspectives of the interrogation. Yeah. And she says, Oh, I read a tweet about the article. That I read a you, tweet about an article about you. <laughs>
0: You're kind of famous, and then
2: the rich girl woman is like, "I read the article about you in the Atlantic. Exactly. I know exactly who yeah. you are." And
0: yeah. Anyway, that was that yeah. was funny. That was yeah. That, well, that whole sequence with the cutting, with the way it was cut, that was that was really really good. Really smart. Really good. And,
1: th- and to that to that end, I I think one of the most fascinating things about the movie was kind of where it exists in the tradition of the mystery story. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a, a huge fan of mystery stories kind of pre-1965, basically. Because mm-hmm. um, you have in the mystery stories, you have kind of the dawn of it in the late 1800s when it's really very gothic. A lot, you know, it's yeah. you know, the discovery of the grizzly murder, yeah, Edgar Allan yeah. Poe kind of stuff. And then Sherlock Holmes bursts on the scene, and he's kind of the first omniscient right. detective. Like right. you've had smart detectives, but he's almost omniscient. He the top. Yeah. And then after Sherlock Holmes, you have kind of these gentlemen detectives that exist for several decades. Right. But then when you hit the seventies, which is a lot of the inspiration for this film comes from that era yeah. of detective fiction, it kind of enters this. Um, Morbid, over-the-top, decadent phase <laughs> where uh, the the villains are a lot seedier. You know, these but, are the ones you enjoy. No, 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 I don't enjoy 1970s. Oh. But I but oh, I did enjoy the way that the movie kind of took that Agatha Christie era
2: mm-hmm.
1: of detective fiction yeah. and just gloried in all of its, mm-hmm. like even the knife.
0: Yeah. Collection. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's, my, it's just think, like yeah. it's almost ridiculous, yeah. but it's, but yeah. it's just
1: fun. Yeah. Um. But to pivot to what I was talking to you about, Luke. Um. Earlier. Um. This is Ben's moral. Yeah. Thing, yeah. The thing. moral conundrum, because uh, just to clarify for those of you who may be befuddled by this plot, um, Marta, the nurse, accidentally, uh, so she believes, poisons, um, the mystery author who dies and. He subsequently discovers a way that she can escape without being detected, you know, her mistake being detected because he's afraid for her mother and for her and the consequences that might come from this. And he has only minutes to live, or so they believe. And so he ends up slitting his own throat right before he thinks he's about to die. And of course, the big twist is uh, that she didn't actually poison him, that Chris Evans' character switched the bottles... And then she thought she had done it wrong, but she had actually done it right because the labels were flipped.
0: Another motive I think that I picked up on the second time is that he knew that if she was discovered as being the murderer, Harlan knew that the Slayer Law would apply and his inheritance would go back to his family, which he didn't want. So not only did he want to protect her and her mother, but he also didn't want his inheritance to go to his family. Who were all nasty. Who were all awful people yeah. which you do right. find out later which yeah. i picked up on that on the second time the first mm-hmm. time i did it didn't click that like oh he knew that law too mm-hmm. yeah he knew that he didn't want that as well so yeah
1: which actually that's a fascinating law because yeah. i didn't know about that and that actually it's kind of almost an a, a law that to me has its own moral conundrums because yeah if someone in your family accidentally horrifyingly yeah killed you or did something that led to your death they don't get any of your life insurance policy? Like, that's- so well, was life
2: insurance, was it? it was inheritance. Oh, yeah, inheritance. It was, it was inheritance. Oh, okay, so there yeah. would be a distinction, life insurance, I guess. too, I'm sure if you get- I'm sure there's some, yeah. I'm sure if the beneficiary of your life yeah. insurance- Right, is somebody- you, That yeah. was another probably probably part the you. lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> the lawyer, she was like,
0: what about the Slayer rule? And he, <laughs> he goes, did, <laughs> did <laughs> you just Google that?
1: Yeah. But the to, conundrum being- harlan's decision to kill himself quote-unquote minutes before he's going to die um and this is something that you see every so often in movies or storytelling um i think there's even a stephen king plot the the mist where it ends with people you know killing other people as mercy killings but then it all ends up being okay or um those sorts of conundrums and the moral question being if someone is dying is killing them a few minutes prior
2: less of a sin or even
0: you know, like a or, kamikaze approach?
2: Actually, you know? I think Ryan Johnson subverted that in the story, is what I would say. Yeah. Because the real thing was if he had not slit his own throat and made it, you never know, yeah. right? You never know until you're actually dead if right. you're going to die. Right, you know, and, so, yeah, and exactly. And he, the... if he had just waited, because that yeah. was the other thing in the very beginning, they say, "Oh, and within ten minutes, you're gonna do this and that and the other." And she tried to call the ambulance. And she tried to call the ambulance, but it had already been like eight minutes, mm-hmm. and he had no signs of any of that happening. I thought, "Okay, well, is he? Is this really true? Like, did she actually?" Right. You know, but and that it turns out that he, she didn't. Yeah. You know, and that that was sort of set up a little bit at the beginning or hinted yeah. today. If you really paid attention, you yeah. probably would have. Um, or had a question about yeah. it at least, but
0: because not only not only because you're right, but later on when um, the housekeeper mm-hmm. he poisoned her as well with the morphine, she was like she was oh, having a seizure. Right, you because see, it she then. was dying. Yeah, and she was clearly having serious right. side effects to this overdose. Right, that you never saw in Harlan. Right, So, right. so that, that was another yeah, link. Sign, yeah,
1: yeah. But well, but the the point being yeah. that, and I think you've you've stated it well, Alex. That the moral answer to suicide is suicide is always inherently wrong. Yeah, suicide, and, and, the, and wish, for the wish for death is inherently, is, is inherently wrong. Disordered. And this is Got why, me. you know, even if you ever find yourself in a prison camp somewhere and you think that it's hopeless and you have a hundred diseases and somebody offers you a gun and says, oh, just end it all,
0: don't do it. Because that's, uh, well, do you think that the circumstances immoral. change in a situation like this? Because ultimately, he was doing it to really save not the physical life, but the 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 well being. The basically not save the life, but save the life of. Sorry, that's not going to make sense for our viewers because I did air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Say the but, life in air quotes for yeah. the broader life. The with life the, of Marta yeah. and her family. Do you her think it changes at all because... Lifestyle. Because of the circumstances?
2: No, because it's the question of is doing something wrong... For the right reason. ...to try to make something right, right. ever good? Yeah. And the answer of the film is no. Yeah. If he had just Listened, done the right yeah. thing... Yeah. None of it would have even happened, That's true. and there would have been no story to tell. But it would have been
1: well, and actually, all <laughs> yeah, well, and actually, Marta's decision to save the woman's life um, at her own expense, at her own expense, and yeah. to tell everybody the truth and everything. Mm-hmm. She was willing for actually injustice to happen in a sense, right? Because she because knew. she knew that these people didn't deserve it. She there were all sorts of reasons Marta could have justified doing the wrong thing mm-hmm. from a quote justice principle, right? Right. Right, um, right. Because she had been lied to and abused and all of these things, right? Yeah. Um, but one one plot hole question I just want to throw out: Harlan. Wouldn't he, if he had thought about it, and maybe he didn't, but wouldn't he have thought ahead and said, they're going to do a toxicology report on me. This will reveal that I had 100 milligrams of morphine in my blood. So, wouldn't Marta have gone to prison or have lost everything anyway because of that toxicology report? And that was one of the Actually, and to expand, one of the things that I had thought about in the movie was the movie feels like it's kind of divided into two premises, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Part one of the movie is basically from the beginning, through all the introduction of the family. Up until they reveal. Up until basically about the will or or the revelation of what Marta did. And that part of the movie is dynamite. It's some of the best stuff I've ever seen in this genre. And
0: despite the language that scene where Ransom comes back for the first time and is arguing with his family is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and they're going at each other. Yeah, is was, The writing but, of that was just yeah, really, really yeah. Funny. Was funny. But the the
1: second half of the movie really kind of does a, a sidestep from the first half of the movie. Because the first half of the movie, you think that they're going to set up that maybe each family member could have done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But pretty quickly... He expels all of that gas from uh, the engine, so to speak, by revealing that, quote, Marta did it accidentally midway through. And then the rest of the movie is basically a question of, will Marta get caught? Um, and I felt like that subversive quality, it, it reminded me a little bit of The Last Jedi, um, which is <laughs> Ryan Johnson's other famous movie. Um, in that Ryan Johnson's subversive yeah. plot mechanics sometimes they're just a little too clever by half cuz there's a never reason. To talk about the last <laughs> <podcast. laughs> luke is not a fan It's heresy um, but uh but his subversive quality it, it's funny because he tries to at once honor the genre yeah and honor the tradition and even the ending scene with Daniel Craig delivering the monologue right, and right. the bad guy seething and it's all the things that you want from a mystery story because a mystery story ultimately is about truth Right. and and the dispelling of uncertainty
0: that's the catharsis we're all seeking well, from the mystery story the train that leads inevitably leads to the truth <laughs> <laughs> yes yes but at, i'm an unwilling passenger <laughs>
1: but at the same time he kind of wants to sub, he doesn't kind of he wants to subvert those yeah those genre uh motifs And sometimes he is a little too successful to me because there's a reason that a normal mystery story keeps a lot of pots on the stove, so to speak. Because right at the end, when you discover that you know Stacy has a secret and Johnny has a secret and you know Dawn has a secret and Steve is the murderer, you know the reason you have all those characters is to keep the reader guessing, right? Mm -hmm. And in this story. By quote, revealing the ending, but then he didn't reveal the ending toward the end. There's like a twist within a twist. For the perceptive viewer like me, I had guessed that Ransom was the killer. Pretty early on, because if you think about it, like logically, and, in your and again, humble opinion.
0: <laughs> in opinion,
2: Mr. Benjamin Wolver a- over here well, his his cigar cigar on the ben couch, wait, it's Benoit, short for Benjamin. Benoit, Ben, Benjamin, Benoit, Benoit, Benblanc. No,
1: um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but and, and I like mystery stories. So I, when you yeah. read enough of them, you, you know, start noticing. You start noticing the technique. Yeah, the technique. Yeah, but. He he, rode himself into a corner, which was the only person who made any sense to be the murderer was Chris
0: Evans. So by you're the saying end, Ryan basically. Johnson, Ryan Johnson himself. Well, well, yeah, because I agree with you. The... Because
1: by two thirds of the way through, was there any part of the movie that wanted you to suspect Jamie Lee Curtis or wanted you to suspect the no, father or yeah. wanted you? None of that was important, and in that way, I felt like the movie as it went forward just from an artistic perspective, it went from being a mystery story to more and more of a morality tale. Yeah.
2: It did, yeah. About sure. the family being evil and right. this Hispanic maid being good. Right. That's true. Um, well, that I think that's true. I think I agree with you about it as far as the too clever by half thing because it can... The flip side of that is that I know in his mind, and this is a little bit too clever by half, he was subverting the reveal of the true plot you know that is done in murder murder mysteries mm-hmm. and i was surprised i was watching it's like oh this is only halfway over and we're getting this huge right. explanation right it's up. like this yeah. is weird because that was also cuz the whole first part of the movie ben's talking about is seeing the night from all the different perspectives of people and right. like mm-hmm. events change people move Real places yeah. yeah it's like totally because like truth is changing it's like, for each person. In the movie,
0: you never actually know where Marta is actually from because every one of the family members <laughs> say a different country. Paraguay. Like Paraguay, Paraguay Ecuador, or <laughs> like Guatemala. They're like, you know, you never yeah, know where that she's was, from. That
2: was pretty funny. Um, Uruguay, somebody said Uruguay. <laughs> Uruguay. <laughs> anyway, I was like, where is she from? Anyway, but um, <laughs> somebody said Brazilian. Yeah. Um, anyway, it was, it was, it was pretty funny. But, um, I, oh, so, oh, but like, so you know, each person like they they place themselves right at their dad's elbow at the birthday cake. Yeah, know, that was that funny. Stuff. But so we see all these different perspectives. He takes that on a meta narrative because his reveal is again just the truth from Marta's perspective, right? Which mm-hmm. is still not right. the whole truth, right? Yeah. And so he was showing us that, but then it's the per- now to me the thing that he could have done that would have took taken the whole thing to. I guess, take it to 11. Um, uh, Does it go to 11? Um, (laughs) You know, is, I thought he was maybe gonna do more of a, like, the knives are out for Marta after the will reading. Like, the other family, he kind of, he didn't go far enough that they actually were plotting her own murder. Mm -hmm. But to me, that would have actually added a lot of comedy to it. Like, if, like the, the other family, the other family yeah. they were like, "We've got to get rid of her," you know. Yeah, <laughs> right. and they started right. ploughing her murder, maybe. Although, anyway, that would have been complicated. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and
1: literally the the image of Chris Evans grabbing the knife and trying yeah. to kill her in slow motion. Yeah, I felt like that was very much a political kind of motif <laughs> about white people killing illegal immigrants in their ancestral home. And actually you could see the whole movie in kind of, kind of the way Parasite, I think from what I've heard of that movie plays its social commentary. The whole movie could be read as a parable of white Anglo-Saxons in their quote, ancestral home, keeping (laughs) out the other and wanting to live in this rich elitist world. Um, That's corrupt and decadent. And they create these lies, like Chris Evans saying, You want to take our ancestral home from us at the end? He's like, like, uh, (laughs) Your father bought
0: this from a Turkish (laughs) realtor in
1: 1980.
2: (laughs) Which is actually a, that is on a literary level, a little jive of, okay, our ancestral home, well, you took this land from the Indians. Really? Yeah, yeah. That, he's yeah. saying that.
1: Right, know, exactly. If you want to read way. it even deeper. I don't relate a lot to the, I think if you were a left-wing viewer, you would relate a lot to the racism, the, the subtle racism yeah. of the way the family, family mistreats Marta, which is obviously wrong. Or not even mistreats,
2: but, but patronizes. Right, yeah. patronizes. And that's the real flip. And, she's and, like, and right. when she says, to me, don't worry, I'll take care
0: of yeah, you. Right, that's yes. That's the big that's flip. That's where like, oh! Oh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And And the way he reacts to that, like. Or no, was it was it uh, Meg? Meg? The way she reacts to that like, is just huh? like, wait, what? Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And and that to me was the other angle, which I actually related to a lot more, which is more of a class angle, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much a a racial angle. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how Ryan Johnson views it. I think he kind of there was definitely the Nazi white people yeah. thing in the movie, but there was also a class struggle in the film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and he's I think identifying. The thing,
2: them as one and the same I think in our culture that class is predominantly the immigrant class
1: right Right. but I found the class struggle component of the film actually to be a lot more resonant I think Uh, Mm. especially over the last few years I think there's been a shift in our country toward more of a consciousness of just how different what a great gap there is between elite ways of thinking yeah. and I guess quote unquote populist ways of thinking right. mm-hmm. and both you, you can't be totally quote anti-elite because every society has a hierarchy to some extent and, mm-hmm. and that will always be true and you you know the communists kill all the professors yeah. and yeah. then they just bring them all back um, but on the other hand um, there is a truth which is that there is a whole lot of people in our world who commit crimes, and because they have money and because they have connections, and you see it on the news. I mean, people who, have, if any one of us did half the things, I don't know, James Comey did, or you know, Hillary did, well, whatever did.
0: That's why I think circling back to the beginning is why I said no. You know, to the fact that right, just bad because, bad people who are. I mean Hillary Clinton bad people get away with bad stuff all the time powerful rich people get yeah. away with
2: unbelievable things right right so and and yeah. that's the thing it's and it's, it goes back to uh like when uh, the younger son who's the kind of like never never ventured out guy um and he's like We'll we'll get the right lawyers and and they'll yeah. fix it and yeah. blah 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 and she's like oh good well then I can hire the right lawyers exactly <laughs> you yeah. know because money solves everything yeah right if you're rich enough you know even if you're you know I mean I guess Jeffrey Epstein didn't eventually you know it caught up with him but yeah. only because they knocked him off right you know really and and mm-hmm. they decided he was done but you know there are people that have that much money that just I mean take a and uh, and honestly, some people that you don't really know, like uh, Kim.com
1: mm.
2: or, you know, he's like this like multinational, you know, pirate basically mm. that lives at large and he's been mm. raided by the US in his house that has like bolting, he has a, like, he has like blast doors, you know, that, that go down. It's just, it's insane. Wow. It's like a Bond villain, Man. you know, but there are people that are powerful enough. Yeah. They just go live on their yacht in international waters, right. you know, and it takes military to go get them. Right. So then the little guy, you know, yeah. at yeah. the end of it- Doesn't get, that doesn't is, get a break. Well, and actually, Justice Gorsuch, when he was in his nomination process, he said this, and I, I thought this was so perceptive because he said, equal access, equal protection under the law is a myth because equal access to, you know, lawyers or attorneys- Talent, and, and yeah. That yeah. is- very very unequal right and so you know that that's a societal question that's a lot Mm -hmm. deeper you know because the little people are an easy scapegoat yeah so
1: yeah well and that to me is why we watch mystery stories or Mm -hmm. read them because Mm -hmm. ultimately the world is unjust and martyrs don't win all the time Mm -hmm. and you want to have that catharsis of somebody Telling off the bad guy, and actually, exactly, the movie yeah. kind of yeah. spoofs that a little bit in the in the will scene when they're all telling off Chris Evans. <laughs> yeah, and he's exactly. just like, "Forget you, forget yeah. you, forget you," in yeah. much more uncouth language. Yeah. Uh, language warning for that scene. But, um, but, I think we all want that. We all yeah. want to experience that moment of justice, right? And so, for me, you know, what's to your wrap up? Is this the, your moral of, yeah, story, moral of the story? Yeah, my moral of the story is. Every human being, it's just in us, we long to see wrongs righted and for things that are unknown to be revealed. And this is why I'm a big fan of the mystery genre. It's really kind of an interesting thing in the history of literature because it's such a distinctive formula, right? We all know what the formula is, and yet it doesn't exist in any other society except anglo Anglo society, like Britain, invented the English invented the mystery story, and then it, yeah. it's very popular now, and you can find it all over the world now. Yeah, but it's I don't know, may, and I don't know why it emerged when it did, but it's this very distinctive formula that always has a great payoff, and so right. I, uh, mm. you know, that would be the moral of the story to me that the longing for justice mm. that we all have. Yeah,
2: mm. my moral takeaway would be that it's never right to do something wrong to try to make something right mm. yeah I just you know in a, and the movie is just sort of in my mind a a kind of fairy tale telling of that yeah that mm-hmm. truth of saying yeah. you know if you even if you think it's all lost right you can't skip to the end you yeah. can't make you know if you think you're dying of poisoning right and right, right. you say well i'd rather die of a head wound." Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. never okay to slit your throat or cut, right. your, you know, blow your brains out. Yeah, to try to make it go faster. Right. You know, and part of that is actually a great spiritual lesson, I think, of bearing suffering. Yeah.
0: Um, shortcuts aren't aren't the best. Yeah,
2: right? like saying I'm going to bear suffering, or or what Marta does, which winds up making the whole thing come out and saves right. her, is saying I will suffer to try to save somebody, right.
0: even if it means hurting myself. Well, and that jumps right into my moral of the story which is it's never too late Mm, mm -hmm. because you know there's often that moment in the story where they'll be like oh well too much has happened too many people have died it's you know it's too far gone and they kind of which is what ransom does exactly yeah exactly at the very end but it, it it kind of takes that perspective a little bit when when she goes to the meetup she kind of sees that happen and you can kind of seeing it play out in her, in her face that if I just leave and walk away, I can continue this charade and maybe I won't get found out. Mm. There's that moment where she almost does that. Mm. And, you know, that's the big crux mm-hmm. of the film. Yeah. But ultimately she makes that decision that no, it, it's got to stop here. Yeah. This life is, is too important. And ultimately, you know, she does die, but, um, yeah, it's never too late to say, well, enough's enough.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and and the sad truth is is that a lot of people would walk away.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I, I once
1: uh, on a recommendation I watched a uh, a TV show or just a TV special, and it was about people, um, psychologists basically creating a day of um, false situations yeah. that people would be placed oh, yeah. in and getting them to quote commit murder, push someone off right. a roof. And as I watched it, I just was thinking like, why am I watching this? <laughs> that was, And I, I learned a lesson from that. I was like, I'm not going to watch things like this anymore because they're just morbid and, yeah. and it's like off. But the, and the thing about that show was at the end, the main guy they followed chose not to, right? He made the right decision. Right. But then the twist at the end was that they had done this with like eight other people yeah. or something. And all of them had pushed the guy mm-hmm. off the roof. Wow. And it was really troubling yeah, because those people didn't sick. know yeah. and when they were interviewed later you could tell that they were like scarred by the yeah. fact that they had quote yeah. committed murder in their heart right you well, know and, and the only and, and that I think made me understand and, and in this way the film I think has a good message is that anybody can become right you know the bad person yeah. the bad guy well, that's You really my... can. You can justify it to the point yeah. that
2: you're doing things that you know Definitely. are wrong. My favorite, of, of, as far as mystery writers, my favorite is G.K. Chesterton and mm-hmm. the Father Brown stories. and And actually, my favorite, favorite are this and also this should be our this is our Audible. There, book I was about to say, are the they week? on Audible? <laughs> they are. Here we go. Um, um, the man who knew too much, and I may have mentioned this before. I think you did. Yeah. This one is that's my favorite, probably of all G.K. Chesterton books. But the Father Brown mysteries are great as well. They're they're all available as audiobooks. You can visit audibletrial.com slash moral of the story, and get a free trial of audible.com and download some of these mystery stories we've been talking about. Yeah, um, but. The thing that G.K. Chesterton really brings to my forefront of my mind, to the forefront of my mind, in the Father Brown stories, is the truth that that we're not that different than the criminal. Mm-hmm. Like we think yeah. there's this gulf right. between us and those people. Right. Or, and honestly, so everybody at some point should go. Uh, there was some. It was a long story. One day, I, I had to go visit the court, and I wound up in the courtroom while they were sentencing. Yeah, you know, just local small county. What crimes. were you in for, Alex? I was not. <laughs> in, I was not in for a crime. But, um, uh, long story. But, uh, but going there and seeing, yeah, some of the people that were undergoing sentencing. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're sitting ten feet, fifteen feet away from these guys, mm-hmm. and you're just aware. One guy was there with his little kids. You know, and it's like. And they've all done these various, you know, infractions yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And you don't know all the time what the, what they did, but you just are aware. Like there's this such a small, literally the distance between yeah. you and them, right? You know, and every child, every or at least teenager, like should go and see that because yeah. it it changes you to say no that that guy right there. Yeah, he may have committed a crime, but like we all have the Capability, yeah, mm-hmm. of doing that. Our yeah. hearts are deceitful above all else and desperately wicked. Right, and it's only like it should humble us, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That knowledge that like no, I, it's a, it is a gift of God that I haven't done that or that I'm not yeah. in yeah. that position. Um, and I not because once. I'm just like cat. You're. It's proud to think that there's something like ontological or yeah. categorical yeah. that separates us right. from those criminals and that's what GK Chesterton yeah. brings out so well that I I remember I just once
1: appreciate. we were having I think lunch with a with um um some acquaintances and and at the lunch was a defense attorney mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember asking him, you know, do you ever struggle defending people who are guilty? And he says, "Well, when, you know, your loved one is facing a trial, you'll be glad I'm there." Yeah. And it was funny because that answer was not one I expected. Mm-hmm. And it really does make you rethink, you know, we just dehumanize right. people. Mm-hmm. And right. and when it's your brother or your sister or your, you immediately, right, give them all this grace of mm-hmm. like, right. th- of course they didn't mean to. Or right. it was just a moment of passion or, right. you it know, all, it was a mistake. Yeah. It was, and and the law, <laughs> sadly is like the bluntest instrument Mm -hmm. available to man to curb human nature in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, Yeah, that's very true.
0: that's even, you know, maybe one day we'll we'll get around to talking about it, but that's kind of the premise of the Joker and Mm -hmm. even, you know, Mm -hmm. that story that it was one bad day Hmm. that just completely drove him off the edge. You know, he was just a normal guy and it just one day sent, you know, everything went wrong. Hmm. Which is just, yeah, it's hmm. kind of a interesting thing to think about. Yeah. But that is another podcast for another time. <laughs> another day or another week. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to The Moral, po- the moral, moral of the Story. story. <laughs> <laughs> Please be sure to share with your friends, family, and enemies. Like this podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen, <laughs> Spotify, Stitcher, Castbox. And until next time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the moral of the story with alex wallover luke taylor and benjamin Walliver. please subscribe to the moral of the story on apple podcasts youtube or wherever you listen visit moralofthestorypodcast.com copyright 2020 moral of the story media